Verse 1 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Wait a second, doesn't our help come from the government? Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Doesn't our doesn't our help come from the financial markets? No, wait a second. Doesn't it's your 401k. Where I look under the hills from whence my my help comes from my 401k. No. They had it right back then. The psalmist being led by the Spirit had it right back then, and it's still the case today. And so is the rest of this chapter. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not or shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord, how does this, the moon by night? It must mean the super moon coming up tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow night. That must be what that's talking about. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. Praise God for His promises. Amen? Amen. Praise God for the Holy Spirit who, who led these men to write the words that He wrote. Words of encouragement. Words of truth. Words of hope. Let's all stand. Please. Hallelujah. Father, we do thank you. We come before you this morning and we thank you that it is from you that our help comes. Only you. Only you. No matter what it looks like, it's still, bottom line, only you. Help us, Father, this, this morning worship you for the help and the, the amazing, loving God that you are. We worship you. We adore you, and I pray, Father, that we bring you glory this morning through our praise, our worship, and everything. Amen. I look to the hills from where my whence, where my help comes. It comes from the Lord. It comes from you, God. And we know, Father, that since you are, and since you are in control, it is well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for being in control. Thank you for being God. Thank you for your promises, which are yes and amen. Thank you, Lord, that we can stand on your word. It is solid. It's a solid rock. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated.
Brian is still out in the foyer. Yeah, have him come on in. It's time to receive our offering. If the ushers would hand out offering envelopes, that would be wonderful. Come on up, Brian. Multiple duties. Right away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no rest, man. No rest. Right on. Well, good morning, everybody. All right. So for, for, I don't know, a number of weeks now, various people have been talking about the building project. Uh, Pastor John's talked about it. I've talked about it. Uh, Buddy's talked about it. And there's pretty simply, I guess the way I see it, three, three basic reasons why we need to do it. Um, the first is, I mean, if you come on Wednesday nights, you, you know we just need the space. We flat out need the space. Um, second reason, we need to get more people in front of the Word. We need to get more people hearing the Word of God. And then the, the third reason I talked about um, last week was <clears throat> I believe God wants to increase us. He wants to use this project to bring increase to us. I believe he wants to use us as a congregation to bring the majority of the money through. And the only way that's going to happen is if he increases each and every one of us. Each and every one of us has to increase in every area of life. Of course, that's God's desire, but, but financially as well. So, one of the, I guess one of the... One of the things that I had mentioned, at least the case for me, and I, I believe it's going to be the case for all of us, is when, when we seek God for what our contribution is supposed to be, He's going to give us a number that's going to cause us to shake and quiver a little bit. Um, but it's going to require us to seek Him. It's going to require us to apply our faith, right? We're not going to do it on our own. It's going to be it's going to be, I believe, it's going to be a number that's too big for us to be able to figure out how to give by ourselves. It's going to be beyond our ability. Okay? So God's going to have to get involved. So I guess what I'm hoping is that at a minimum, you've at least started to, to seek God for what your part is to play in this. And that hopefully by now you've got that goal, you've got that target in front of you. So, so now what? You've got this crazy goal in front of you. Now what? Well, in my mind, the first thing is <clears throat> we need to start tapping into the blessing of God. Like I said, this is going to happen. This is not going to happen without God getting involved. So we need to, we need to tap into the blessing of God. So from Proverbs ten twenty two. We read, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. It makes rich. 
and he adds no sorrow with it. Okay? Now, <clears throat> I did a little word study. The Hebrew word for sorrow is, it's spelled E-T-S-E-B, but I believe it's pronounced E-T-S-E-V. It's actually not a B sound at the end, it's a V sound. And it means heavy, painful, toilsome labor. And also grief of mind. What, what's not supposed to happen is that we're supposed to try to figure out how to do this on our own. We're supposed to work for jobs. We're supposed to strain and struggle and stress out about it. We need to continue to look to God for, for what he wants us to do. So let me ask you, okay, what did you have to do to earn salvation? Is he right? You received it as a, it was presented to you as a gift of grace, right? It's part of God's gift of grace. True. But still, it's a free gift. You didn't earn it, right? Right. What did you have to do to earn the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You received it by faith, right? It's part of God's gift of grace. So what did you have to do to earn healing? It's the same deal, right? You receive it. It's part of the free gift of grace. It's part of God's free gift of grace. Why should prosperity, why should the blessing be any different? It's received the same way. It is part of God's covenant with us. It's done, it's finished, it's complete, it's settled. It's, it's available for us now. You know, too often, and I know I've been definitely guilty of this in the past, <clears throat> I, I tend to look at my circumstances and think, okay, God, you need to create a solution for this problem. And the reality is, he he gave us a solution 2,000 years ago. Jesus is, is the solution. The covenant that he ratified is the solution. It's done. It's complete. It's settled. And it's available to us right now. We don't have to do anything but trust and believe for it. So, in the, summary, the summary is, I guess the point I'm trying to make here, is that God wants us to increase. He doesn't want us to ever stop increasing. He never wants us to get stagnant. He wants us to always be increasing. And I believe that this project is a vehicle by which he wants to cause that increase to occur. All right? But to, to cause that increase to occur requires faith. It requires the blessing. We must tap into, we must receive the blessing. And we, need, we must receive it by faith. We can't pursue the money. Okay? We can't pursue the money. We need to continue to seek God and pursue the blessing. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you.
I thank you for your grace, for the free gifts that we receive by grace. Thank you that that's all part of the covenant that you ratified by raising Jesus from the dead. I thank you that it is ours now. The blessing is ours now. Prosperity is ours now. I ask you to to bless and multiply the tithes and offerings that are presented today. Increase, Father God, increase those gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm uh, particularly, specifically waiting here for a moment because I just feel like there's a lot of things the Holy Spirit wants to say, and I just want to make sure that we're covering all of them, going in the right direction. There's, a lot, there's some housekeeping stuff, just some things that we need to talk about that isn't necessarily related to the message this morning. Um, some things we need to talk about, uh, what, what's happening, what's going to be happening, so on and so forth. Um, but also the, the Lord's been, just during worship, the Lord's been stirring my spirit um, with some things, and I just want to make sure I don't just bowl my way through, you know, and just do something and, and miss uh, specifically. So, you know, we'll just relax and hang out and... Be uh, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and listen to Him and how <laughs> how He wants to move. Hallelujah, He is good. Um, the first thing um, that I believe we're that I want to talk about this morning is number one. I'm leaving. Um, for the other part is I'm coming back and. Uh, <laughs> Nobody responded. Either that was either shock or hey. At least, at least there were no cheers. Thank you, thank you for not cheering. I appreciate that. That's nice. Um, this week, uh, actually, this afternoon, I'm, I'm uh, will be flying out to uh, Budapest, Hungary, uh, to meet up with Dan and Marta there. Dan and Marta Lewis there, and uh, Brian leaves on Wednesday, Tuesday, and uh, he'll be flying out on Tuesday and arriving on Wednesday. And while we're there, and actually, uh, just so you know that uh, Peter Molnar is already there. He left on Thursday of last week. Um, when we're there for the next couple of weeks, uh, there's a number of things that are going to be going on. And I just want to share a little bit about them to, to give you something, to some basis to pray about, to pray for. Um, pray for us, pray for the churches there, the, the, the ministry there. Um, but exciting times, really, really neat things are happening. Um, first of all, when, uh, when I get there on Monday, uh, I'll meet with Dan and Marta right away. They're, they'll be coming on, I think, on the same flight. 
But then that evening, Peter will drive down from his parents' uh, place in Sharvar, which is about two hours away, and we'll spend the night uh, in uh, Budapest. The next morning, we'll be going to the U.S. Embassy to get his visa. And so, yeah, we, we knew that it had all passed and everything was, was secured uh, a month or two ago. But we made the decision at that time to, for him, the only way for that visa to be finalized is for him to go back to Hungary, go to the U.S. Uh, consulate, have everything put into the, into the passport and, and visa stamped and everything else. And so um, we knew we had to do that, and we, but we knew we were going back. And so instead of doing two flights and all the extra rigmarole, we decided to wait and to, uh, for him to go back at the normal time, regular time, and then we'll go down and do that. Um, so uh, that should be taken care of on Tuesday. That's one of the things I'd like you to pr- be praying about, just that everything goes smoothly, you know, that everything just goes through quickly, everything happens um, the way it should. And just for anybody who doesn't know Peter, uh, he's our youth minister, and, and uh, he's my, my translator, our translator when we're there. Uh, he's a, just an amazing young man um, who is being used mightily by God and, and was uh, brought across our path uh, very powerfully. And uh, so he's been working with us for a year, and his, his, uh, his extension of his student visa was, uh, was up in June, and he's been not working uh, officially. And, uh, um, but once he comes back, that he'll be back at full-time, and we'll put him to work hard. So, uh, But along with that, something that we had been working on for a number of years now... Um, when just like anywhere else here in america for a church um there you know we 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 see the church we see a building we see a group of people getting together we see but with it there's all kinds of rules and regulations that you have to follow within any country in hungary it's no different Uh, to be an established official organization you have to have a foundation but for an organization to have a foundation you have to jump through all of their hoops we tried two separate times to do everything they asked us to do, and it fell apart. Every time it fell, both times it fell apart. We would get so far in the process, and then this wasn't able to be met, or that wasn't be able, whatever it was. And usually it was, it had to do with the lawyers. It had to do with the lawyers not doing what they said they would do, not, pa- not doing, filing the paperwork, not doing the things that they needed to do for us to accomplish uh, having the foundation established. And so one day Peter and I were talking, and, and this has been, that was over two and a half years that we worked and worked. We, we took trips over there to file the papers, to sign everything. Two different times we did that, and it fell apart. One day, Peter and I were talking, and he says, I've been praying about it, and he says, I feel like we should try one more time. And I said, well, you know, I, why do you say so? And he goes, well, he says, as he was praying, the Lord brought to remembrance a, a young man, a friend of his, who is a new lawyer, a new, new lawyer in, in uh, Hungary, who has done this process before and been successful. And I said, you know what? Let's try one more time. I just felt peace that we should do it. And uh, that was, what, three months ago, Brian? I think it was three months ago. Now, think of this, two and a half years, we couldn't get it done. I mean, and that was, the process was going on for two and a half years. Three months ago, he says, I think, I, I think, I think this guy, if we do it this way, that it will be established before we get there, before we go over. And I said, well, let's try it. I'm, I'm always game for, you know, stepping out on the water. Why not? And so 
We began the process three months ago, and last week it is finalized. It went through, and, and it, he, the, the young man was brilliant. Uh, every time we ran into a snag, we ran into a snag on a regular basis. The, the response we'd get back from him, him was, no problem. Everything's good. We, got it. We, we can take care of that part. And just step by step by step. And the, so the foundation was fulfilled. It is uh, legal. And so now when we travel over, one of uh, Dan and Marta's uh, first things to do when we get into uh, uh, Uska, which is on the other side of Hungary, is to per- finalize the purchase of a building that there is being used for a church or will be used for a church. We'll actually preach in it uh, this trip when we get there. And so um, a couple of things that will happen in Uska when we get there is uh, the pastor Yenu and Erzabet will be licensed through River Valley Christian Church. Uh, they have been ministering for years, a uh, number of years, but uh, they've never been officially licensed. They actually oversee six different churches right now. And, uh, and as they continue to step out by faith and, and minister, um, these churches come to them and say, we hear what's going on, we want to be a part of this. And so that organization is growing, but they've never been licensed. We'll be doing that on Sunday, next Sunday, uh, while we're there. And, uh, but we'll be doing a conference uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, while we're there ministering mostly to ministers, uh, the six churches, because it's just, it's not like here. People don't go to college, get a degree, start, you know, get hired into a church. They get saved, their relatives get saved, their friends get saved, and they're the leader of the next group. And so they're, they start out on the run, and they don't know much. And, and there's just, there, there isn't the time nor the ability to train them up systematically. Now, there is, and we're working on that. Uh, Dan and Marta have had an online Bible school which they require each of the ministers, each of the, 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 the people within the church to start to take right away. And I can't remember how many. There will be a number of them graduating of uh, this coming uh, trip. Also, Dan will be able to hand out, Dan Lewis will be able to hand out the diplomas for that. So we'll be, be being a part of that also. But while we're there, we talk, we're going to talk about things like how to write a sermon. Um, how to how to minister how to how to communicate with your staff i get to preach that one it's easy it's easy get back to work that's all i gotta say just just get it done here so but things like that just very practical real things that need to happen uh helping them along the way setting vision setting goals plus we'll be each evening we'll be having uh, ministry with all of the churches so all six churches will get together and uh, each night will be Holy Ghost meetings. One of the things I'll be teaching on is healing uh, while we're there. So praise God. It's going to be an awesome, awesome opportunity. From there, we're going to be traveling to uh, Sikihid, and we're going to spend three days there with Pastor uh, Karchi and his church, the people there, and we'll be ministering. We'll be spending Thanksgiving uh, in Sikihid. So whether it'll be turkey or pigeon, I'm not sure. It could be anything. Huh? Cabbage rolls, cabbage rolls for Thanksgiving. So, uh, but it'll be, it's just going to be a blessed time, awesome time. Uh, I come back the day before Debbie's birthday because I didn't dare come back one minute later uh, than that too. So uh, we'll be, I'll be back by the, on the 29th. 
But I, I covet your prayers um, for everything in between, all the travel, all the everything going on, but especially for the ministry times. It's just going to be an awesome opportunity to, uh, to, to be able to minister. Then when we leave Sekihid, we're going to be going back and seeing uh, Ashley Eager, who's in Solnok. We're going to be visiting with her for a day. And uh, then Brian will be going on from there to uh, back into Romania, uh, heading down to, to a town called Sigishora to see a ministry there that he's been involved with for years, that they've been involved with for years. And Peter and I will go on to his parents' church in Sharvar, which is the absolute other side of Hungary. So we'll be driving to the other side of Hungary and ministering there Saturday night and Sunday in his parents' church. So it's going to be a, a fantastic whirlwind, long, long trip but I really covered your prayers. And in so, uh, Brian asked if he could pray for us, if we, we, we would pray for me while we go. So would you do that, Brian? Want to come up and uh, pray for the trip and everything involved? Father God, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ and the, the freedom that we have to travel, Father, and the means that you've given us of Right now, Father, we ask for travel mercies for Pastor John. We ask that you'd give him the perfect seat on the plane, one where he can stretch himself out and where he can Amen. be comfortable. But, Father, we also ask for uh, divine connections as everything comes together, as everyone's coming together in Budapest, Father, that you would um, give perfect connections, Father, that the hotels would be covered. Father, we ask that the roads would be covered, that your Holy Spirit would go before, the angels would go before and protect us as we travel. Father, the hearts of the people would be prepared for the words that you have for them yes. in each location. Father, that the, the ministers, uh, Dan and Marta, Pastor John, Pastor Thomas, would have the words that need to be spoken and that the people would have the ears to hear uh, what they need to hear. Father, we do know that you've been working in their hearts and in their lives, and so many of them are, are young Christians, are young in age, but Father, we know that your Holy Spirit's working in all those villages there by Uska, and, and we thank you for what you've done. Father, we ask that you would allow continued growth. We thank you for the foundation. We thank you for everything coming together legally. We thank you for the ability to purchase buildings. And Father, we ask that as the, the local people are taking more and more control of, of the ministry, that Father, you would continue to bless and grow them. And Father, we ask your blessing on, on our families behind that. Everything would be covered, Amen. that no weapon formed against our family shall prosper in Amen. Jesus' name. We Amen. thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Praise the Lord. And no, I'm not leaving the country because of the election, just so you know. That's it. Uh, secondly, secondly, like I said, I just have, have a few, couple different uh, uh, housekeeping type things. There's things that that are important um, and, and will help us as we move along. Um, so the last number of weeks, last couple of months, I've been uh, preparing to or preaching on... Um, oh, I'm sorry, before I go there, just so you know, uh, there are two different people will be ministering while I'm gone. One is Wayne Bradle. Wayne is going to be ministering next Sunday uh, while I'm gone. And then also Vern Norton will be ministering on the 27th. So... You want to put your seatbelts on for that one, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be awesome. It's going to be good. Um, so I've been p- teaching on, preaching on healing, and casting the vision of what God, I believe, wants to do in these days, and, and a huge part of that is uh, you 
us, all of us, being a part of that harvest, being a part of using the gifts that God has given the body of Christ. The gifts that he gave us was not just for the ministers. It was for every single believer. Uh, the New Testament says, it's either Matthew or Mark, uh, I you know, probably Mark, says, for those who believe, they shall. For those who believe, they shall. So it isn't about for those who are licensed, shall. Or those who are ordained, shall. No, those who have a title, shall. No, it's those who believe, shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, shall blah, 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 go right through the list. And so as we do that, one of the, the most powerful things that we can do is to have testimonies, being sharing what God is doing. Vern and I were talking one day, and he had been reading or listening to, to, uh, to a minister, and the minister said that when it says that we are to give testimony, it isn't about what God has done in somebody else. It's about what God has done in you. When you give your testimony about what God, what God has done in you and through you, there is a power that is once again released and it ministers to whoever's hearing it. So as we give our testimonies, as we share about what God did, then, then he gets the glory for that. And the person who hears it, their faith is built. That's part of the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes, we have the written word of God. Yes, we have the rhema word of God. We have the logos word of God. But we also have the spoken testimony word of God. When we tell about what Jesus did through us or in us, then he receives the glory for that and people are drawn unto him. So last week, uh, Joy had a testimony of how God uh, led her to pray for somebody in her office, and the lady was healed. Praise God. That's exciting. That's wonderful. And, and, and there will be more testimonies. There may already be testimonies, so that what I'm sharing this morning, right now, is twofold. One is, we need you to share that. There, there's a, there needs to be people who say, hey, God, you know, God asked me to pray for so-and-so, and they were healed. Well, okay, well, it wasn't a tumor, and it wasn't cancer. I mean, like Joy's. I mean, she kind of set the bar really high. She just knocked it out of the park. God knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I know. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. I mean, it's just... But, you know, oh, well, if it's not cancer, I mean, we really can't share that one. I mean, it's not... No! What if... I don't know. Let Whatever God leads you to do, do it. You know, I, I still remember, I was in a meeting, 1994... I was in 1994, huge auditorium. This guy gets up, and he, it was part of a revival that was going on in southern Florida or in northern Florida. And, and he got up, and he says, you know, he says, this revival has changed our ministry. He says, and he was an Episcopalian priest who had gotten born again, spirit-filled, and was seeing the, the power of God move through his life. Awesome. And he got up, and he says, he goes, I just was so excited that this Bible stuff is real. That this Bible stuff works, that, this, that Jesus still does what he says he'll do. It's revolutionizing our church. And he says, I started, I've been reading the word and I've been waiting for stuff to start happening more and more in our ministry. And he says, I've been asking God, God, please, please, Lord, if you want to use me to heal somebody, I'll do it. I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. And he says, I've been asking that for day after day. Well, the other day, he says, I was walking down the street and he says, I saw this person and God said to me, it was very plain. I knew it was God leading me. He said, go pray for that person's goiter and he went goiter 
That doesn't sound very glamorous. Do you know what goiter is? See, goiters are pretty much taken care of. I mean, they, you know, they put iodine in our food, you know, in our salt and stuff. Goiters are a big growth on the neck. They just, you know, it's, it's an overactive thyroid, if I remember. Any medical people out there, somebody nod at me. Overactive thyroid, it, it produces a big lump in your throat. You know, I am not an animal. That kind of a, it's just a, it's a big... I'm not making fun. I'm just, you know, I'm giving you the visual of what some, you know, the, the, what was his name? The elephant man? All right. So. Stop it. Goiter. Goiter. What a weird name. What a weird, he was like, really? A goiter? Can't you give me something cool? You know, God, lead me to heal somebody who has something cool like cancer or, you know, no legs or whatever, but a goiter? Come on. So he ends up and he said, well, he has to be obedient because God said, go pray for the guy, you know, person with a goiter. And there's a person with a goiter. So he walks over and he says, can I pray for you? And the person says, yes. He said, okay, by faith, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you're healed. And he spoke to the person, laid hands on him and it disappeared in front of his eyes. So maybe it's not something cool and big. But any miracle, any miracle. <laughs> so it isn't about what it is. Do what God ever leads you to do. But then we want you to share a testimony. Something the Holy Spirit spoke to me a long time ago, a number of months ago, was as I was preparing for this, before I'd ever preached one of the sermons or before I'd ever taught on it or anything else, the Holy Spirit said, you need to document this. It was very strong in my heart. You need to document this. You need to, you need to put it down on paper what's going to happen. Because number one, it's just a testimony. It's a good testimony of what God has done. Number two, when you document it, it becomes official. What I mean by documentation and what was in my heart was not just the story. You can, we, and we're going to do that. We need to write what happens but also, we'd like to gather any medical information. What, what, you know, was there x-rays? Was there information? Was there whatever? And so, as we go through this, we want to document it so that in, in the future, we can look at it. Remember we talked about uh, what are the percentages of people getting healed? We said about 19%, which somebody in the medical field told me is the placebo effect. You know, you give somebody a sugar a tablet and 19% of them are going to get well. Anyway, in the church, if we're about 19%, which that actually might be a little high for our, our prayers and our, and our ex- expectation of healing, then we're not any better than what's going on in the world. Placebo effect. But what we want to see is, as we pray for these things... What's the pers- is it happening more and more? How many, how many times did we see God move? I mean, it's all written down in the Bible, isn't it? They documented it in the Bible. Luke said, I made a record of these things so that you could see a, a systematic record of what Jesus did. He wrote Luke and then he wrote Acts. Because he was writing a record. He was saying, this person was healed in this town at this way, and this is what was said. And this. We want to do that. Now, one of the fears that I know somebody's going to have is, well, I, I don't want to call attention to myself. You're not. You're calling attention to Jesus. 
When you say, I don't want to call attention to, your, to myself, that's pride. That is pride. It isn't, okay, we're not going to, yes, we're going to put your name down. We want, to, we want to record it so that way we can go back and ask you, how's the person doing this week? How's the person doing that? You know, how's this progressing along? We want to document it. So, the Lord had put that in my heart quite a while back. One day I was sitting in the back of the room after the service. We were all standing around talking. And Tom uh, Heitman was walking across the room. And as he was walking towards me, the Holy Spirit said, Ask him if he's a writer. So he was walking up to say something. I think you were going to, I don't remember what you said you were going to, we had talked about this after the fact, but he was coming with a, a sole intent purpose to ask or to say something to me. And I looked up and I said, are you a writer? And I, it looked like I just hit him with a bat. And he said, I'm a writer who doesn't write. Now, if you know Tom, that is a perfect answer from Tom. That, is, that, that would be the, the answer you would expect. Since then, we've been talking about this idea of documenting what God's doing and what he's going to do, what he is doing, what he's going to do. And so, Tom, I want you to come up real quick. I've asked him to come up and just share you know, a few moments of what God's been speaking to his heart and what to, what to, uh, what, what to expect. I guess that's the best way I can. Real quick? Preach it, man. Preach it. <laughs> Good morning. Before I, before I get really into it, there's a lot of flesh standing here. There's a lot of flesh standing here. I know that. He said, are you a writer? I said, yes, I'm a writer that doesn't write. And uh, that was, he said, well, you need to pray about this. And that was, if you will, my out. You know, you need to pray about this. I said, okay, okay, I don't have to answer right now because in the back of my head, I knew right then I, I was supposed to say yes. But he gave me an out. He said, you need to pray about this. And in all honesty, I did. Right, and time went on. Asked me about it again, and and this mic seems hot. Um, he asked me about it again, and I said uh, right up here, and and I, deer in the headlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit, and I said, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm supposed to, and I think you felt that conviction. Yeah, I'm supposed to because I hadn't really prayed about it a lot. Um, a completely different subject because that's how it works in my head. I'm better on paper than I am uh, in person. Um, <laughs> true statement. Um, completely different situation, and I found a spot where I can go walk 35, 45 minutes every day in the middle of my day, and I get to pray, and I get to praise God, and I get to just kind of focus on God for 35, 45 minutes. And in one of those walks, I was on to another subject, something completely different, and God said, you need, to, you need to do this writing thing. And I knew right then, yes, I'm supposed to do this. Um, immediately, a lot of flesh, immediately I started helping. Well, we'll do it like this, we'll do it like that. And uh, those dates have come and gone. And, and that was me trying to kind of guide it along. The truth of the matter is, we're going to document what's going on. I don't necessarily know how that documentation looks yet. But we'll figure it out. We've got some things that have started. Um, we'll, we'll take what's working and keep on using it. We'll, we'll let God direct us where we need to go. And, and we'll start documenting this. Um, Nicky Gumbel, Alpha, uh, the Alpha Group, 
he, his daily Bible readings, he's got a commentary with it. It was in that where it was first started. I, I write this down in the margin of my Bible. And he writes these things down that he prays for. And he constantly goes back to this. And that was gnawing at my brain. You write it down, otherwise you forget. Um, and in the Bible reading, you're getting God said, write this down, write this down. It, it, it needs to be done. It needs to be done, and I'm supposed to do it. So if you have something, wow, I'm going to ramble. Testimony, I'm not the guy that I, I cringe when I hear the word testimony. It's in the Bible, right? I mean, it's scriptural. I, I don't know why, but I cringe when I hear the word testimony. And here I stand telling a story. Um, I, went, I took a river trip one time, and I prayed, and I prayed constantly. And I thanked God so many times, I got tired of thanking God. And I said, Lord, there's got to be something more than just thank you. There has to be. Testimony. It's testimony. It's your story. It's what's going on. Say thank you as many times as necessary, but there's more. There's a story. And we need to capture that. So, and I'm going to close with this during worship. Um, we all say we want more God in our life. We want more God in our life. During, during worship, I don't know why this came to me in just a flash. If you want... More God, make, make a bigger space. Make a bigger space. Make a space for God. The bigger space you make, I pretty much can guarantee you, he'll fill it up. You want more God, make a bigger space. Amen. All right. So, how do we do this? It starts immediately. If something happens if it when when something happens when god leads you to do something and and you obey and whether it's you know you're healed or somebody else is healed or whatever it is somebody gets saved that's awesome that's a miracle when those things happen find tom find tom on a sunday morning sunday after church he'll be around find me i'll direct you to tom i mean you can tell whomever tell greg tell karen tell debbie whatever but tom is the one who's gonna who's gonna document the stuff well i want to get you in touch with him and as you go through this it'll be we'll make it easier and easier for you to get the get to him and to communicate whether it's an email or however we do it like we said we don't know exactly how to do it yet yeah joy is actually going to be meeting with him this afternoon uh right after service to go through and, and go through this process. And we're gonna, it's going to get better and better all the time. Amen? So it's important to share what's going on. All right, so I have been talking about healing now for a number of weeks. This would have been week six, except this morning the Lord changed me up. Sec, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with Verse 1. Title of this morning's sermon is These End Days. 2 Timothy 3 1. It says, but, I, but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance. You thought all the way through that list, it's talking about them. It's talking about them. It's talking about the other team. All the Viking fans are thinking, Packers. <laughs> All the Packer fans are thinking, Bears and Vikings. It's all of them. It describes them. God knew these people were coming. But this next line should have set you on your ear. Verse 5, Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystria, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord, from, from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how your child, from your childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God breathed out, or is breathed out by God, and of profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. These end days. Now, I will mention very briefly, I, I have, I've run back and forth, I've prayed about it, I've struggled to whether to talk about what happened this last week, the election. And, and I'm not going to say a ton. But what I want to put, at least put a bug in your ear, which is going to make some of you happy and some of you mad. And it's going to cause, at the different point when I get to it, it's going to cause the rest of you to be mad and the other ones mad. <laughs> but here's the scoop. No matter which side of the aisle, no matter which side of the ballot, no matter which side of any of this that you come down to, much of it, most of it, is hooray for our side. Hooray for our side. Now, I have very strong political views. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is the only answer. God is the only answer. There will be things that happen over the next four plus years 
where you'll go, ah, ooh. I, I caution you. I caution you, I caution myself, I caution the body of Christ. Don't put your hope in man. We are in the last days. What does that mean? You know me, if you've, I've been here for 16 years. I've been the senior pastor for 14 years. You, this is what, maybe the third end times sermon I've ever preached. And two of them were talking about, I don't know when it's going to happen. Nobody else does either. Nobody knows. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. I can preach to the blues. Glory. Bless God. I'm telling you. I was, I was messing around one time doing that, and the, and the pastor friend of mine says, don't mess around like that. You'll start doing it. Don't, don't even joke about it. We're in the end times. When does that happen? I don't know. It said then that we're in the last days. Jesus talked about the last days. Paul talked about the last days. The, the, the whole New Testament says we're in the last days. So then we're definitely in the last days. And in that, we have to be wise. We have to be wise. We absolutely must be wise. And the deeper we get into the end days, the wiser we must be. Not everything you see and hear is truth. Not, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, this, this is the part where it's going to make everybody mad. Not everything you see on Facebook is true. <laughs> Not everybody on your team is good. They're human beings. And whether they're saved or not, that, the fruit will show. And not the fruit for a week and a half. I'm talking fruit. Fruit that remains. What is the long-lasting fruit? Don't get sucked into Everything's good now because our team won. If we have ever needed to pray more, it's now. We need to pray more. I mean, that is the thing that has overwhelmed me this week and that I've wrestled with. It's like, I, you know, whatever team I'm on, I could either relax or despair. And I've heard both from my friends, both in the, ch- in the church and outside of the church. But bottom line is that I don't care who's in power. They're not the answer. I said that before the election. I'm telling you after. Because they're not. The answer is Jesus Christ. And in these end days, it's going to get bad. And the only way... Paul understood this. He's writing to Timothy, a young minister. And he says the only way is to be in the Word. The Word of God is the answer. And it will make you wise. You'll be able to look at whatever article pops up and go, "Mm, no. Not because you've read it and analyzed the facts. 
you need to hear the Holy Spirit. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit because some things are going to sound very, very true. Both sides. Both sides. You can imagine if, if vain imaginations. There's a reason he wrote about vain imaginations. It's easy to imagine this reality or that reality. But the truth is we're not fighting against flesh and blood here. We're not fighting against our, the other side, the other team. We're fighting against principalities and power, the ultimate other team. There are two teams, really. Ours, and I, that I can say with pride. The winners. That's right, we read the end of the book. We win. And then there's the, the side of darkness. There's the side of sin, death, destruction, Antichrist. There is an antichrist spirit already in effect here and now today. But don't be fooled. There are there, turn with me to Matthew twenty four, the other verse that I it's a little unnerving when God says, I want you to change this and I want you to preach out of Second Timothy three and Matthew twenty four, which I know are all end time stuff, and it's like, ah, great. Yay. <clears throat> Matthew 24 Matthew 24 verse 3 background of this story the context of the story is Jesus was in the temple and they were going look at all this stuff man look how awesome it is look how the temple looks look how much they favor us you know they were kind of looking at the circumstances and gaining pride from it it's easy to look at the circumstances of the moment and go, I can rest now. I can rest. Our job is done. I'm happy. No. Jesus is saying, don't look at these buildings. They're all going to get tore down. This majesty, this... And then he's talking about the temple. He said, not one stone's going to be left on top of another. And the, the Pharisees are all getting ticked at him. Because he's, he's de deriding the, the temple. And his disciples are going. And when they get, get him off to the side, when they get him quiet, they go, hey, Jesus, what do you mean by that? You know you're ticking those guys off. When are these things going to happen? Verse 3. Matthew 24, verse 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Verse 4 and 5 is what I woke up to this morning. That was in my spirit. It was, it was deep. And, I, and I've tried to do something else. I thought I was going to teach on healing. That's what I, you know, I mean, I've said I'm doing a series on healing. But these verses are what was in deep in me this morning. Verse 4. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. Now, we can, I've heard this, I mean, I grew up in a church that just loved end time stuff. The scarier, the better. The louder, the better. The more often, the better. Any time of the year. Even Christmas. Jesus came as a baby, but you know he's coming back for vengeance. Let me just enjoy the baby, okay? <laughs> the, 
But it says that many will come in. And so I've always heard that taught, and, and I believe in a large part it is. It's come, the people will come back and say, I'm the Christ. I'm the Christ, follow me. So we think of, of uh, cults, we think of the uh, you know, cult leaders, and say, so, oh, follow me, and they take people out and deceive them, and so on. And then there is, a, there is a portion of that. That is also an anti-Christ spirit. But do you know what the word Christ means? It's important to understand what the word means. The word was not Jesus' last name. Christ was not his last name. It wasn't Jesus Christ. Christ is a... Is a uh, um, Greek word that means the anointed one and his anointing. The anointing of God on a person. That's why we are Christians. Because we have the anointed one in us and upon us. We are anointed by God. So another way to say that is, look over here. Let me read it again in that context. Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the one anointed by God. And they will lead many astray. It always makes me nervous. I'm just telling you. I'm going to be honest with you. Here's where I'm probably going to tick off everybody. It makes me very nervous when somebody says, I'm doing this thing because I'm God's anointed. Unless it is God's work kingdom work when it's kingdom work when it's preaching the gospel when it's laying hands on the sick when when you're going out she's gone when you're going out and praying for people she's out doing something that's right more more work for good but when you go out and you are christ in your workplace in your school in your neighborhood in whatever wherever you go and you are being christ in there you are the anointed one it's for the kingdom now praise god for governments we need governments praise god for governments we need to control people who are not led by the spirit but they're not the anointed one they're not they're not the Spirit of God incarnate. Be wise. Take it for what it is. Hooray for our side. Or the end is near. Whichever side you're on. But God still wins. The kingdom still, and there is work to do. There is work to do. And I'm not talking about social issues. I'm talking about the kingdom of God needs to advance quicker now than ever. The gospel needs to be preached more now than ever. Why? Did it need to be preached more now than? No, it always needed to be preached with this fervency. We just get lulled into this false sense of hope or this false despair. It needs to be always fervent. Lord, who is the person today that you want my life to touch? I'm already praying about the person I'm sitting next to on the airplane today. I still may not say anything to him. I don't know. I don't, I don't make a habit of, I've got eight hours of your life. <laughs> you shall be a Christian by the time I get done. But I've led people to the Lord in, in airplane seats. I've had opportunity. And it's usually when I don't say anything. And sooner, oh, did I tell you the last time I, was, I flew? 
I, we were flying, and this guy sitting next to me was just blah, 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 blah. And then the flight attendant came down, because I was sitting in the bulkhead, praise God for seats with good room, sitting across from us, and she's blah, 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 and she found out that she lives in this area and so on, and she goes, so what do you do for a living? Now, if you say I'm a pastor, end of conversation. So I said, I'm actually a member of the job, or the, the uh, I said it way more eloquently back then. I said, what I said was, I'm a part of the oldest profession in the world. And the guy next to me goes, he puts down his paper, he goes, okay, I got to hear this. <laughs> And the flight attendant goes, huh? And I said, I'm a pastor. Oh, 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 okay. I said, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, okay. And then where do you pastor? What kind of church? And they start asking questions. Because it's just, you know, it's amazing what a little humor and a little wisdom as you're fishing will do for you. I have a friend, we, we tease him that he rips the head off of every fish he tries to catch. You know, just, wham! You know? No! When you're fishing, you don't have to use dynamite. Although, although that would be fun once, just for fun. Fish with some wisdom. Fish with wisdom. Praying about who's, who's going to come across my path this week. Lord, show me. Show me what, how to be salt and light. Wherever you send me, wherever, wherever I'm going today. And it doesn't matter whether it's on a plane to go to on a mission trip. Ooh. No, I do that every morning. Lord, show me. Whoever it is, whether I'm supposed to say something or not, just give us wisdom, Lord. Give us wisdom. Because our focus in our heart should be the kingdom of God is nigh. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's right. It's, we, it must be shared. And the only ones who can share it are you and I. The kingdom of God. Those, the Christians. Those who are anointed. Let's stand. Father, we thank you that as we go out today, Lord God, that you have put a a new fire in us. Not because we got all emotional today, but because your word is like a fire. It consumes us. It consumes the dross in our lives, but it also consumes us and allows us to burn brightly for you. Father, help us. Help us to be salt and light everywhere we go this week and in the weeks to come. Thank you, Lord God, for those testimonies. The testimonies of your goodness, your grace, your love that will bring in the lost. Father, I thank you that as we preach your word, not in a sermon, but just in our lives and in the the grace and the love that we speak to others, that as we preach your word, there will be signs and wonders following each of our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.